presence. People go, oh, no, 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 that's too much. I don't want all that. Oh, no, 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 I just want to be forgiven of my little bit of sin. We wouldn't be like that. God says, see, some people want to get into the back row in heaven. It's all they want. I don't think God's going to let any of us get in the back row. Jesus is going to know every single one of us by name, and he's going to call us forward and sit us next to him. He's looking for people who get it. He's looking for people who are hungry for more of that life that he gives. We're to walk light. And, 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 you know, I just feel sorry for Christians that want to walk heavy. People in other churches, not in this church. See, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We just, we just get freer. We come alive on the inside. I just love, I love what Graham, Graham shared today, you know. God loves our bodies. I had to get Graham to speak because what he's done is so, so motivating, you know. God's up there cheering Graham, saying, good on you, mate. <laughs> that was, that was, that's what I want everyone to be like. Is it, you know, we're, there's all sorts of shapes in our human bodies. None of us are the same, we're, we, but we're to do the best with what we've got and, and we're to live long on the earth. Anyone wanting to die tomorrow? Give me a wave. No, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> There's so much on your bucket list. And I want to talk to you today about how to afford it. I want to talk to you about transforming in an area where, again, we need to capture the wrong things and put the right things in. And I want to talk to you about how to, be, how to transform in the area of our finances. Just like our body is a bit of a, wow, God's really interested in that. Well, our finances are a lot more than, than um, tithing. Our finances are huge. I just want to, want to talk to you in this area because, because so many people have, have real problems. And if you've, if you've gone through a few financial squeezes, a few financial problems, how many like it? How many would say it's probably one of the worst things that's happened in their life if you've been in a serious financial squeeze? Come on, give me, give me some honesty today. It's just difficult, isn't it? And so many people get into really terrible financial situations and, and crazy thinking, harmful thinking to do with how we handle our money causes big problems. Um, some people don't have enough dollars at the end of the week. Now, don't indicate any of this, all right? But this is how some people live. And, and some people, their spending is just out of proportion to their income. Or, or they're in debt to a depreciating asset. So they're paying heaps thinking they're getting ahead, but the asset, like a car, is just getting less and less, and it's worth less all the time. And uh, um, some people have got huge student loans, and they haven't got a job. And it's just sitting there, and they think, my life is kind of wrecked. What can I do? Other people have got credit card problems. And the way to get out of that, of course, is to get another credit <laughs> For some people, that's how they think. And others have got no savings for an emergency. So when, when the call comes and you need money, there isn't any. And some people think they can't afford a house, and perhaps they can't. But if you're young enough, you can. If you're young enough, you can. 
And, and some people have got little savings for retirement. And, and money problems just cause all sorts of stress in people's lives. And God's got really good answers for it. Over the years, I've come across some frightening scenarios. Like the way many young people treat their student loans. You know, um, some people's student loans are growing astonishingly month by month because they fall into the way of thinking, well, everyone has one, so what does it matter if I'm spending it on lifestyle choices like food and more petrol in the car and holidays? What does it matter? And it just racks up month by month astonishingly. And they say, well, I'm never going to pay it anyway. And they think this way. You know, if I meet them in a club somewhere or, or somewhere where they're a bit inebriated and I get talking, I hear these stories and they say, well, I'm never going to pay it back. But hello, how many know the, that, um, what's our finance minister's name? Bill English has got another plan for the never paying it back. Or I, the person that I met who took out a loan for a car, which is a depreciating asset, which, you know, it's not good to, to take loans for depreciating asset. $15,000 they borrowed over seven years on a flat mortgage. And I talked about flat mortgages, which, which is something that finance companies use because they can, but they're like double the amount of interest that it would normally be. So if it's 19%, you're paying over 30% over seven years. And I found that this person was paying on a $15,000 mortgage with a bit of penalty interest and charges put in as well, $48,000 for that car. And I said to them, why don't you ring the finance company and find out how much is owing? Because he'd been paying it for five years. So he did. And he was told there's still $20,000 owing on that $15,000 debt in the last two years. It's frightening when you find out what's going on in some people's situations. Or the person who's just, that I met who's just out of school and they've got a credit card and they've maxed it out and they've got about $3,500 worth of debt and they're on a minimum wage and they're just going backwards because it says minimum monthly charge. Ka-ching, 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 ka-ching to the credit card company and they can't see a way forward. Or the people who were behind on their mortgage and so they took out a finance company loan for 20k, flat mortgage again, to pay the mortgage and that 20k flat loan suddenly became 30k and now they sold, or they sold the house to get out of that situation. I even found a doctor now, doctors earn lots of money, don't they? Got any doctors in the house? You're a rich person. But I found this doctor who had two credit cards maxed out, so he took out a third one, but was really annoyed that Visa wouldn't allow him to pay MasterCard on this new credit card. He was cheesed off. So it doesn't matter how much money you earn, if you've got crazy thinking, you will be in trouble, no matter what the income amount that comes in. Can I get an amen? Yeah. So once again, the whole thing is our thinking. What we think determines whether we will have a, a life where we're going forward or whether we're just going backwards, 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 especially in this area of finance. There's so much destructive thinking. And Romans 12.2 says, Don't conform to the world's thinking about money, but be transformed to God's view of how it all to, is all to work. We're to capture the crazy thoughts 
And I'll bring some of those to mind, um, I'm sure, over the, today and, and, and next week as well. The destructive thoughts, and we're to replace them with wise and godly thinking. Actually, it may surprise you that Jesus said more about money than heaven and hell. And half the parables that he told were about money. And in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, one in every six verses is about money. (laughs) Oh, gosh, that's not funny, is it? (laughs) Why? Why would he do that? It's because money can dominate our lives. The Bible tells us it can actually become a God that we end up serving. But whether it becomes a God or not, whether we've got a good perspective on money or not, it influences us positively or negatively every day of the year, year after year after year. And we spend the majority of our week earning it, and we spend a lot of of the hours of our week spending it, but very few people spend time saving it or investing it. And even less people read books to become financially astute. See, most of us were never taught financial wisdom. Man, I wish I knew what I know now when I was 19. You're probably exactly the same. We were never taught it. My parents never sat down and said, look, you must understand these things about how the ways money is used in the world and mortgages and all of that. Where did we get it? We've absorbed it from very clever marketing, often on TV. And people have paid mega salaries to tell us things about money that will cause us to spend it. Right? But God has a financial package. He's got seven wisdom principles or wisdom thoughts, if you like, that I want to go on and speak about. And, and I only want to speak on one of them today, and I'll speak on the other six next week. Here's the first thought, and it's totally radical. It's totally, um, totally the opposite of what the world tells us. And it's this. God is the source of our income. Now, we think, oh, no, it's us. It's us. It's all my hard work. It's all my intellect. It's the job that I've got. But I want to ask you, who gave you the qualities that got you into that job? And who gave you the abilities that you have that allow you to work those kind of hours and to see that kind of money come in? It's God. If I take you to Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18, it says, But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you, me, the ability to produce wealth. God's not against the producing of wealth and the earning of wealth. In fact, it's his will for your life. Did you get that? Or did you let it pass by? I'll come at it again shortly. He designed us. He gave us the abilities, the internal wiring to be good at certain things and the motivations that drive and fuel us. We were born with certain ability and intellect and the drive to succeed. But like all other things that we've been learning about grace, things don't start with us. It's not about how much effort we put in. It's about God and Jesus and what Jesus has done for us, even in this area of finance. And when we get this, when it actually gets logged in here to a degree that we understand it and gets down into here that we start living it out and believing it and start to come free in this area, it actually changes everything. 
You see, God's purpose in your design is that you are designed to be a wealth creator. Why don't you say that? I'm designed to be a wealth creator. It is God who has given you the ability to create wealth. You are designed to create wealth for you and for others. But you have to get it first. If the others get it first, you don't get any. That's theirs. You have to get it through you. God has designed you as part of his will to be able to create wealth. And that's not a scary thought. It's God's will. A lot of people run from that thought because they say, I only want the back row. I only want forgiveness. I can't handle if there's more that God wants to give us. Look, let's just get used to it. We serve a benevolent God. The, the person who could be the dictator of the universe is benevolent. He loves you and me. It's his delight to give us the keys of the kingdom and the, and the blessing and the goodness of the kingdom. And so many Christians are going, God, get back. I just want the back row. And God's saying, really? Really? See, when we understand it and believe it, it takes a lot of the stress and the striving in our lives, in our careers. You know, we're going to have a, have a talk on, on God in the center and being transformed in the area of our career, but our career is for the earning of... No one goes to work that I know of for nothing. In fact, that's wrong. There's a few pastors I know who, who have given everything that they've ever earned to the church back. Rick Warren is one. When he wrote the book Purpose Driven Life... Um, uh, it, brought, it was the, uh, the most bought book in the world, yeah. bar, bar the Bible. The Bible is the most bought book in the, in the world. So Rick Warren just wrote checks for his church and paid them back for every year that they'd employed him. And he doesn't receive a salary because he's independently wealthy. He still lives in the same house. See, he's not trying to rack it up and raise the, raise the, the way that he lives. He's just got wealth. So he's, he's given it into training of pastors across the world. He's given it into trying to solve the AIDS problem around the world. There's just millions and millions and millions of dollars that have gone like that. Brian Houston has done a similar thing with his church because they have, they have come to a stage where the church has grown. I mean, Brian Houston and his church has more people in it than we have in our denomination in New Zealand. It's not a bad church. It stretches across the world. It's a whole new thing that's taking place. So there are some people that have, have um, like that, but most of us go to work and we're happy to receive ka in the bank every fortnight, every month, every week, whatever the, the cycle actually is. But you know, what I'm talking about, that God is actually the source of our wealth, just settles us back really does, um, and, and allows us to be able to relax. Actually, we're pre-programmed for success, is what I'm saying, and it's because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. And that's one of the replacement thoughts. If you grab some crazy thinking, like the word sale, oh, I just saved so much money, I've bought. Hang on. If you grab some crazy thinking and put in what I just said before that, you are starting to transform your thinking. Hey, it's not easy, is it, to transform your thinking? Anyone finding it a dead breeze? I mean, you've been up exercising every day of the week. You've run a marathon before coming to church this morning because of such a great preaching last week on the body. 
It's not easy, isn't it? Putting new things in place, new ways of thinking. But if we will grab the crazy thoughts about finance, no matter what age, no matter where you're at, your life can be better financially if you will take a hold of God's seven thought package. The first one of which is God is actually the source. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. Oh yeah, but that doesn't mean finance. That doesn't mean money. That just means rich with friends and rich spiritually. Yeah, it includes that. But take the pushing God away stance out. And start getting hungry for what he wants to do around your life. You know, you can make a a Rick Warren difference in your community area to the need that's there if you've got some in your back pocket. But all you can do is have nice thoughts and prayer for the poor in the area if there's nothing in here. Why, Why are we so scared of actually believing what God says to us? That... Jesus became poor. Jesus was immensely wealthy, but became poor so that you and I can become rich. This is the meaning of that word, rich. It's to be or become wealthy, either literally or figuratively. So it does mean all the other aspects of richness, but it also means literal. To be increased with goods, to be made or wax rich. God wants you to become wealthy. You've been given the wherewithal to be a wealth creator. But so many Christians, oh, no, no, I couldn't. No, I'd be be putting my head above the parapet and someone's bound to shoot it if I do that. Well, let them shoot. God will protect you. God wants us to, to understand this. There's a lie that needs to be captured that sounds spiritual, but it's untrue. The lie says to be really spiritual, you must be poor. Especially if you're the pastor. That was really common in the 70s. People just, that was just truth. That was how it was. People thought that. It's not biblical, but they thought it. If you could be poor, you would really be spiritual. It's actually a misquote that somehow to be poor is blessed. It's a misquote of Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 Blessed are the poor in spirit, because they will be. Does it say comforted? Someone look it up. Matthew chapter 5, 3, the rest of that verse. Well, I'll, pick, I'll pick it up from you in a, in a while. Now, I've been to the third world, and I've seen the poor, as some of you have. If you ask them, the poorest of the poor in the third world, they will not tell you the word blessed. They will probably use the opposite word. Ants Watts, who is a pastor at Sprayden but has been in Calcutta for a number of years, was back at Sprayden just preaching just a few months ago. I was chatting with my accountant the other day and he was telling me about Ants' sermon. And he said, Ants, Ants said this about the women who were prostituting themselves in Calcutta. And if you've seen the picture, right around entire blocks, the women are standing shoulder to shoulder. It's scary. People have gone in with with cameras and filmed these women and they're just standing there. One here, one here, one here, one here. And they stretch around the entire blocks and men just come along and pick the prostitute that they want and go and have sex with them. And Ant said about these women, he said, morality is the luxury of the rich. 
In other words, we can't judge these women who sell themselves when the choice is food for the family through prostitution or watching their children starve. And my accountant was so struck with these words when Ant said them, he told them to me as we were sitting across the desk from one another. But what is a blessing is when a person is wealthy and generous. And they're open to the Holy Spirit's nudges. You know, recently someone came to me with some money for a friend of mine. And they said, would you mind being a courier with this? And they they gave me $1,000 to go take to a friend of mine. And I, I, I loved it. I rang him up, Dean, I'd, got to come around see, I'd like to come around and see you, have a coffee. And, and while I was there, I gave him this. And I said, it's not from me, it's from someone else, just doing it anonymously. And, and, uh, and, and he gets to open it up and $1,000. Anyone happy if that happened to you? Anyone like that? I've had it happen a few times. It's a, it's a great feeling. You leave from wherever you are going, whoo, God knows my name. Whoo, it's really good. And, and the background story from that was that Dean had been praying for um, around about that amount of money because he'd had a car bill and uh, his car needed fixing. It was around about $1,000 for that. And so this was the answer to his prayer. But then God answered, because God is a more than, more than enough. Yeah. Pressed down, shaken together, running over is what God says. So then he found that the car could be repaired through warranty. So now he just had $1,000 extra. So then he thought, I could get put this towards a new car. And so he goes in to buy a new car. And he told this story a few weeks ago, Dean McLaughlin. But uh, he went in to do that. And, and the, the guy said, made some comment. And Dean said, yes. He said, just the other day I was given $1,000. He said, I go to this church and I've been praying. And he went through the story with the salesman. And he said, the salesman just went, wow. I, I, most people don't come in and say that. You know? Woo! You see, God's intent for us is a word called prosperity. Now that is a mind shift for some Christians. But he gives you the ability to make wealth. Let me, let me throw this out a bit in, um, with a few other thoughts from the Bible. You know, Remember the promised land, the story of children of Israel going into the promised land? In, in, one, in Corinthians, it tells us that that's a picture of our life in the New Testament, the promised land. It's a picture of the Christian life. And when the, the children of Israel went into the promised land, they inherited houses and fields and animals and even crops in the fields that they didn't, didn't plant and the houses they didn't build. They got to live in a realm where good things happened because they were in a prosperous environment. They were taken into this place. And we've been taken from a place where the enemy is constantly stealing and destroying and wrecking and, and, and just taking from our lives. And suddenly we're put into a kingdom that is a prosperous environment where we have a God who wants to bless our lives. And it's open to anyone who believes. Which, if I just press pause for a moment, is one of the reasons I want to really encourage you to be in church Sunday by Sunday. You know, many people are getting into a one in three kind of cycle in churches around New Zealand. But, you know, life is too short not to hear the truth. Because it's not what we strive for and work for primarily, although there's a place for that. It's what we believe. Jesus will give amazing things to people with faith. And he says, come together and let that faith environment. And and he doesn't say it, but I'd like to, I wish he'd said it at 10 (laughs) a.m. 
Because a lot of us think it's 10 past or 15 minutes past 10. But, you know, I just want to really encourage you, come and be a part of his church because life is too short to miss. Can you imagine, being honest now, what I'm going to miss when I get to heaven? And Jesus is going to say, look, you did this and this and this. It's great. But you could have had this blessing, this blessing, and this blessing. But you didn't notice. You didn't know. You weren't interested. Because... Where people are hungry, it attracts heaven. I don't know whether there's angels up there going, Father, Father, come and look, look, look. They will probably don't call him Father. It's a good point, eh? Possibly only human beings will ever have the right to call him Father. Angels will say, Sir, Your Majesty, you know, Supreme Being, come and look at what Glenis Dodge is doing. Look at the faith in her heart. You know, David and Glennis are folk who, David, I think he uh, once told me uh, how, the amount of salary that he's had per year. And if you ask him, he might tell you. I won't tell you. But man, the generosity out of those guys for their lifetime and the yeah. blessings that they've been into so many people's lives. And I could name others of you that are here that have had that same thing. And just blessing after blessing after blessing has come. We, we, we live in a promised land today. You know, in the Old Testament also, it says that anyone who walks with God and is in their word um, will receive the promised blessing that, the, um, that, that God gives. And this is the Old Testament where it was, if you do this, I will do that for you. Listen to what it says. Psalm 1, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or take or, uh, the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the Bible, the word of the Lord, the law of the Lord, and who meditates on that Lord day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. It's God's intention. And in the New Testament, he doesn't say, if you do this, I will do that. He says, it's already yours through Christ. Will you believe for it? And those that do have seen amazing things happen in their lives. But the incredible thing is, every time we see something, we're supposed to get hungry for more. So that what God is able to do in us and through us and upon us and using us to touch the poor of our community and the poor of, of the world just increases and increases and increases. So many of us, though, we're, wow, I'm really happy with that $1,000 towards that. I think I'll buy this car, and we then just settle back. And we're not saying, God, if you did that then, what's this week going to hold? <laughs> the New Testament, Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all. Could you say all? All, all only means a few, all right? All only means the really extreme, the real troubled times. My God will meet all your needs according to, his, to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. God intends that we live flourishing lives. All need, needs being met. And the thought is a prosperous, more than enough life. And it's according to the riches in Christ Jesus, not out of the riches in Christ Jesus. It's just, see, if it was out of and God supplied a billion people at a time, Maybe the riches in Christ Jesus would get depleted. But it's just, there's all that, but there's more beyond. 
And as much as we've got there, we can just give out completely because it doesn't get depleted. God never runs out. If he's given to your, your brother and your uncle and your kids, he's got plenty for you. He hasn't got any lack whatsoever. It, unfortunately, it doesn't say wants. It'd be nice if it was every want. But every single need God will meet. And it's not dependent on the economy. The economy of New Zealand, the economy of the world, could go down the gurgler. And God doesn't go, oh no, angels, quick, let's call a cabinet meeting. There's a problem on earth, and I want to give stuff, but the earth's economy's shrinking. God's not scared. He's not frightened. Can you remember, we built this building when the global financial crisis hit. And you guys, man, you are amazing. You guys didn't miss a beat. You probably took hits in your interest, those of you that are older and in that situation. Some of you will have taken hits in your work, but you gave. You gave. And God has given back time and time and time again. Can you actually believe that this is God's will for your life? If you've got this stance, get away from me, God. I, don't, I can't have this much blessing. Take it down. He really is good, and he's in a good mood, and he wants to do things in your life and my life. I'll be finished soon. Can I have the music team come? This is maybe the best of all, actually. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse um, uh, 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Can we say grace and peace be multiplied? Now tell me what grace means. Say it again. Everyone. Unmerited favor be multiplied to you. That's what's being said there. And what's, what's peace? Peace in Hebrew is the word shalom. What's shalom? I mean, we just think it's quietness inside. Man, it's a lot more than that. Can I ask you, did Dean receive unmerited favor when he got the $1,000? Does God want to do that same sort of thing for you? Let's leave the amount out. But does God want to do that for you? Come on, folks. Does God want to do that for you? Do you want God to do that for you? It's called unmerited, unearned favor from the King of kings and Lord of lords that can come to your life. It's amazing. And peace means this. It means wholeness, health, safety, and provision. And provision. And provision. Finances. So Unmerited favor is blessing, and that can include financial blessing like Dean received, but peace also includes provision, finances. And he says, Paul says, this is multiplied to you. Three plus five equals Can I have three people stand here, please? Doesn't matter which three. And five more. So... Here's, here's our crowd. Two, four, six, eight, nine. <laughs> okay, now three times five is what? 
So three people, please. Now, will enough, enough people stand so that we have the rest of 15? Just stay standing, you guys. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Give him a clap. Last person up. Good on you, Bruce. That's significantly more than this. God doesn't say, I'll add this financial blessing into your life. He says, I'll multiply it into your life. Are you starting to get it? God really is for us. Please take a seat, folks. Thank you for being part of it. Oh, boy. And it says that this is increased by belief. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of, our Christ, and of Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, the more we understand the nature and the person of God and the work of Jesus on the cross, the more we can believe for him. And he never, ever runs out. That's why being in church is the best thing you can possibly, and I can possibly be, a place we can possibly be. We get encouraged. We get a concert every week. We get a motivational speaker every week who just tunes up our life. And in the background, we've got angels and we've got the Holy Spirit just doing stuff. And it increases the faith level of who we are. And we can believe God for blessing. Increased by belief. And this is the foundational understanding that all the practical things that I want to talk about next week with to do with money um, are built upon. That spiritually the source of your income isn't you or your boss. It's God. It's Jesus. Your employer is just the faucet, the tap. And the tap isn't the source of water, is it? Um, if the tap gets turned off, if you get made redundant... God can turn another tap on because he's the source of what's there. I remember reading a story about some Saudi Arabian sheiks who got taken to London um, in the end of the 19th century. And they stayed, they stayed in one of London's best hotels where there were gold-plated taps. And they, they went to the queen and, and they were asked, what would you like as a gift to go back? And to a man, they said, we want the taps. Because they thought that if they took them back and turned them on in the desert. But the tap's not the source. The tap's just the, the means. There are pipes behind that reaching into heaven for you and for me. God is the source of our finances. And he's given you the ability to make wealth. And Jesus became poor so that you can become rich. And our God through Jesus has promised to take care of all of our needs, all of your needs. And he's got unmerited favor, which includes blessing, financial blessing. But he's also got peace, which includes wholeness with prosperity. And it's all yours to be believed for in Christ. And there are so many crazy beliefs that we have. Like that one, sale. I bought something and I've just saved myself money. But we believe it. And we need to identify our crazy beliefs and deliberately begin to put God's truth in there. And man, our lives will change 
Because God wants people to be a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. We're not blessed for ourselves. We're blessed to be a blessing. And the more we're blessed, the more we have to be able to be a blessing into other people's lives. Team. Worship leaders, dilemma. Sitting there during an awesome message on finance thinking, what's a good last song after that? (laughs) (laughs) So I decided there's probably nothing better than uh, we leave here with this ringing in our ears. I know you're for me. You're not against me. You only have good thoughts about me. I know you love me. I know you've called me and you've got great things planned for me. Would you like to stand?